Welcome back, folks, to another episode of Reload Podcast. We'll be chatting again about cars, a crack, and as usual, I'm joined by Connor. Hello. And Lee. Hello. This week, we're going to talk about roads and road trips. The last episode, episode 12, was our Skunk Works episode. Secret Squirrels. Secret Squirrels, that's right. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it, and I hope you enjoy this one too. So without further ado, we'll crack on. Just a quick mention of the lockdown logs last Sunday night. Well, this will probably be released on Wednesday. So our latest lockdown logs was Mr. Robert Monteith, Bert. Mr. TDI himself. Yeah, it was a really fascinating walk around his cars and getting the chat and all the details of his builds. Yeah, that's even as I said on it, like I am a self-proclaimed diesel hater, but I love that thing. Connor pretending he knew all about diesel tuning. I do know about <laughs> it, I just don't like it. It was interesting to see that maybe some people don't know that he has built all his own cars. Um, it's not a case of shipping the car out to somewhere. He's no, he's added himself. His experience in building the cars over the years. Very knowledgeable fellow indeed. Yeah, I think he said as well, and I can totally relate to it, that he gets as much enjoyment out of building them as he does the driving them. Yeah. Once it's built, you get bored of them, so you have to keep building them. <laughs> yeah, I've been there before, or tear them apart again. I seen there, it just when he was chatting the lockdown log, he was talking about going to the dyno the next day, and he's been. He yep. had a few boost issues, but he was making good power. Yeah, 300 horsepower. I don't know what torque he was making, but it made 300 horsepower. Probably about 6 million diesel after all. Yeah, something you can tear the crank in half with. Also, <laughs> just a few of our listeners, we're keeping an eye on what's happening with their bills. I've been following Ronan Hickey, and he's been a busy squirrel. He's been hoarding lots of delicious R32 turbo parts. Aye, he's not hoarding money at the moment anyway. No, that. no. <laughs> the cash flow is moving. He's getting deliveries from all corners of the world. We've got to get the economy started again, so well, good job, Ronan. Single-handedly. Single-handedly. <laughs> single-handedly yeah. Out there doing God's work. And then young Andrew Maxwell, he's doing his ID200 Quattro build at the minute, and he got a few more parts in. I was up with him the other day, and he just got his fuel tank, which is an issue in them cars. He sent off the Brownlow radiators in Lurgan, uh, and yeah. they redone it for him. Sooner rather than later, we hope to see that big jalopy. Yeah. I'd rip it up the streets. Something the size of a house coming at you. Yeah. What about you then? Anything new yourself? Absolutely squat, apart from a crado that was being a bit temperamental. Not anymore. No. You're currently it, battling your way through the Dub Logic. Yes, that's right. I'm a, I entered the Dub Logic competition, so I'm down to the final four in it. Yeah. You've got further than I have. I think you've got further I than... I thought you won it. No. What no. have you been by? Oh, I got knocked out quite early. I can't remember what it was. I don't know if Raph Did got you not go far. up against Raph? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Raph knocked me out. That's right. Yeah. And then oh, he... Man, sorry, he didn't win those. It's okay. <laughs> so, if you don't know what Dub Logic is, it's a website and a show, isn't it? I don't know if he's a show or not, but he's, he sells like clothing, stuff like that, merchandise, yeah. and then he runs his Instagram page as like a voting through the stories. It's a monthly face-off, basically. Uh, you send your car in with your details, and this month I decided, ah, why not? see how it goes. And So far it's been going well, but there's still another four cars to beat, or three right. cars to beat. One, one of them's a boss, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so another interesting thing that happened this week was Speed Hunters released Donald Mayer's Golf R feature. If anybody else knows Donald Mayer, he's built a few tasty cars over the years, and he's a man that doesn't hold back when it comes to modifications in cars. No, especially on this R. Yeah, he's just, it's a absolutely insane 2016 or 17 Golf R Mark 7, and it's just sprinkled with lots of Revo, Racing Line, Miltec, 19-inch OZ, Super Ligaria, HLT, Center Locks, Racing Line 6-pack brakes, built-in suspension, a hybrid turbo, it's 500 brake. 
but it just looks absolutely stunning. And combine that with Paddy McGrath, who's Ireland's answer to automotive what do you call him? Excellence oh, photography. Chang. Oh, Larry Chang, Irish Larry Chang. Yeah, has taken the photos of this car and. He take it up in TJ Carroll's back door, basically. I, ah, that, that makes sense, yeah, because he what shot he TJ's car up around that part of the world as well, didn't he? TJ keeps going on about the pass or the... Oh, I don't know. Fair, what do you call that? But it's basically up on a mountainside, this road, and it's just a valley below it's it. so nice, yeah. It's just great pictures and good feature in Speed Hunters, so check that out. Yep. Anybody else any news? I've just been working away at the car, slowly but surely, picking away at all the rust in the Mark III, which is about Sounds right. Like a barrel of laughs. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm actually getting really good at it, though. I've got to the point now where I can weld, butt weld them together and grind it down to the fact where you can't see that it's ever been welded before, which is quite impressive. But I suppose when you've welded that much at a Mark III, you're bound to get good at it at some point. I remember I used to have a Mark I Fiesta and my next door neighbour was a welder. And Did he move? He, uh, I think it was the fifth or sixth MOT. He basically turned around and says, Nigel, I can't weld rust to rust anymore. Yep. I can do nothing for you. <laughs> yeah, and that was the end of that Fiesta. One of, people talk about Volkswagens and Mark Threes rusting like Fords are wild. My one of the guys I work with has a 09. See, two thousand nine or two thousand eleven. I think it's two thousand nine. Focus ST, real nice, clean, tidy looking car. And he went out to there to do something, and he looked at the back sill, and the back of the sill is gone. Oh my! Yep, right up in behind the side skirts, just gone. Nothing. So I was like, hmm, yeah, that's a fine yoke. Cars are being built at a cost, I suppose. Yeah, that's it. But Ford must have been building at a cost years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Another one for me then is we're starting to clear out the yard with a few cars kicking about. They've been kind of breaker cars and bought stuff for engines and never really got around to pulling them out. So an 01 GTI Polo needs moved, needs to go to scrap to clear, clear the yard a bit and had to take the engine out of it. No engine hoist. Stefan couldn't be bothered going to borrow his, so I thought, how are we going to do this? Engage so, full ratchet mode. Oh, yeah. So, the, well, the first thing was I wanted the brakes of it, and I couldn't be bothered starting on both things, so I just cut the drive shafts, bottom arms, uh, steering arms, and anything that was in the way, and dropped that off, and then cut through the downpipe. I don't need the looms or anything. No, no, hold on. Before we talk any further, last episode, you talked about getting a VR6 engine where the fellow was very rash, and he basically <laughs> cut an engine out, yet here we are. A week later, I think that idea is nestled in your head that's and went... He took the inspiration from. <laughs> I didn't set fire to myself, though. It was good. Yeah, that's always a bonus. It's always a bonus. Yeah, give it time. You, you did get brake fluid in your eye, though. I did, yes. <laughs> sure. Um, one eye's plenty. Oh, it's grand. <laughs> yeah, so we don't need the looms, don't need any of the hoses. It's hopefully going to be the engine goes into my Mark 1, so we really just need the bottom end of the block. And any looms that were in the way, I just left with a handsaw and sawed my way through looms, hoses... I did try to saw through the throttle, no, sorry, the clutch cable, thinking, knowing that it wouldn't work. And I was like, well, I've sawed everything else, may as well try this. And of course, it didn't work, so I had to use the grinder for it. And then couldn't lift the engine out because we had no hoist. Couldn't be bothered going to get Stefan's. So I wheeled in the bottom half of a trolley and just undone the engine mounts and let it drop onto the trolley. Just full hillbilly stuff. Oh, yeah. It worked. It must have been a glorious funny. sight for somebody walking past your house. Oh, look at the hillbillies working on their car. <laughs> <laughs> to see where we are, you'd need a helicopter, so it's okay. <laughs> The neighbours will probably be quite relieved that we're actually getting rid of some of the shit out of the yard. Yeah, true. <laughs> For a day and then you buy something else. Here, tell you what. <laughs> well. They bought after us. Their problem. Yeah, we were there they first. Crack. <laughs> <laughs> um, this week, uh, or sorry, last week, the week before, I Love Bass, local car enthusiast website, stroke vloggers. You might have heard of them. Yeah. Um, Adam and James announced that they were going to do a drive-in cinema. 
with current COVID conditions, cinemas are closed, car shows are in the toilet. So they have hired out a local venue that has been doing film or cinema events. So they put together an event and it's in, I think they're fundraising for Black Lives Matter. I think there's donation going to it. They had an online or an Instagram story. Vote as to what film to show. And I think it's Tokyo Drift. Yeah, yes, between... I voted for Tokyo Drift. <laughs> I voted for the original Fast and Furious. I wanted Golden 60 Seconds. I'm old school. Also true. Oh, we watched it a couple of weeks. Oh, well, a couple of months back. Yeah. It's so good. Nicholas but, Cage. See, honest, yeah, I think it's going to be inconsequential what the film's going to be. People are going to stand out of their cars and talk to each other. Yeah, and, of course. Oh, like there's it. a film on. Yeah. I think he's going to launch his H2A. Yeah, the H2. fourth one, the preview for it. I'd actually like to see that myself. Drive-in cinemas aren't a big thing here, you know, mainly because we get crap weather 24-7, yeah. but I think if you can get the weather for it, it's going to be good. We did one like a sit-in cinema in Bambridge in the park one time, the show Back to the Future and one of the Star Wars films, mm-hmm. and it was great. They had kind of like the local cinema had set up like a, almost like a drive-in thing, but it was like a tiered seating that just happened to be built in the car, in the park. And it was great. So if it works for that, it should work for the cars. What way did the work sound? Just speakers at yeah, the screen? Just, yeah. So like I imagine, a big PA system. Yeah. I imagine the car one, you'll have to tune your radio in. So I'm don't take thinking your where drifty this, boy with no radio. <laughs> I'm just sitting thinking where the, the event they're having is is opposite a good few houses. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, that's true. Or, well, the one for me will be when they're leaving. Full YOLO. Oh, wow. Burn out, mate. Yeah. <laughs> the Civic yeah. count will be high. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, the Rev count the will be high. The IS-200s will be high. Oh, yeah, they're future classics. No, no. They, won't be, able, they won't be able to afford the ticket. That's true. <laughs> they're buying tires. Aye, when you're Good. buying 10 grand and the jab scrap like that. Also, the last while, it's came to my attention that raffle car competitions are going through the roof. People that run them. Yeah, they're. I think that's something you want to discuss at a further date. I think perhaps. I think it's big enough thing we could do a topic on it at some point. But yeah. it is uh, everyone their dogs doing them. Yeah, it seems to be a good revenue stream. They're raffling cars. Some of them's even raffling GHD straighteners on the same car websites. And you're like, hmm. There's an electric mountain bike up on one that just launched. That sounds like the mountain bike for me. I could be lazy. It's a five grand bike. Ooh, I'm maybe not be that lazy. Ten pound a ticket. But um, Are you gonna enter it? I might just, you know, my name like. I do, yeah. You can't have enough bikes. <laughs> um, there's actually two guys that are just started up in the last two weeks in the neighboring town. Mm-hmm. But the biggest one is definitely Our Kings. Our Kings is crazy, it's yeah. It's insane the cars they're giving away. They bought, our listener Nalo Dow, they bought his Lambo. and Paul Hicklin's M2 this week. Yeah, and you were saying like, the G63 they gave away. The well, G-Wagon? Uh, the G-Wagon, yeah. With oh, that was insane. It, was it crashed that. the site. There were so many people tried to log in. And all their stuff sells out, like, in hours, if not minutes. Yeah. Like, it's just mad. It's insane. It's the kind of thing, I think, if you've got in early on it, you're going to do well. But if you're trying to come in late now, it's too late. It's a bit like Bitcoin. You're too late to the game. Yeah. It's a win-win for dealers because there's no terms of condition uh, or there's no after sales because you're not, you don't have consumer rights because you haven't bought the car. Yeah. You've bought a um, ticket, not a car. They bought a friend of mine's RS6 and they lowballed them a wee bit. So they're going in bank cars, low money. They know they can bid whatever they want at the minute because people are stuck. And sell the tickets. If they've had enough car, they'll buy them flat out. Yeah. But it's interesting that the raffles that started off years ago in England, one of the biggest being BOTB, Best of the Best. Oh, that's right. They're the guys that started out 
if you ever went to the airport 10 years ago, the car sitting in the foyer, buy a raffle ticket for 40 quid. Yeah. That's the guys that kicked it off. They, they are the OGs. That's, I never thought of that, actually. Yeah, but that's... Like BOTV now, it's not just cars, it's boats, Rolexes. Anything. Luxury, luxury goods. So it's filtered into Northern Ireland. I think COVID here, people at home, it has just went insane. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what they go, the way they go in the next month or so. Well, and you're paying people 80% of their wages to sit at home and do nothing except look online, you're going to enter. Like well, usually, yeah, like me. Eighty percent's coming to end, so it'll be interesting. No more raffles, late. <laughs> I'm back to work this week. Yeah, God so, love you. Yeah, it's been. Uh, you completed been Net- weird. You completed Netflix, did you? I've completed everything. Did yeah. you get a wee badge? Completed life. I I can. I was going to say like Jim will fix it, but that's, oh. that's a badge. <laughs> Blue Peter badge. Blue Peter that's badge. What you were thinking of. <laughs> I um I came home from work one day and Lee was looking depressed. I was like, "What's you, know, you just know something's wrong?" I was like, "What's wrong?" And she was like, "Come back to work." It was like looking at a child who just finished the end of summer holidays and had to go back to school. I was like, "Oh boo hoo, two months off, great." <laughs> All the sympathy. Yeah. Where's the dinner? <laughs> so while I've been sitting at home, apparently being lazy. Oh, this is going badly. <laughs> Here we go. I've obviously seen a few cars and stuff online, and I saw the new Defender the other day. Now, I'm sure it's been out for a while, because what I had seen was it had gone into local dealers. Aye. But I hadn't seen one before. Good Lord, they are an ugly baby. Yeah, they're horrible. Oh. I I know there was a big uproar when they stopped making the old 90s and 110s, and they hadn't really, they're very agricultural and hadn't changed anything from, what, 20, 30 years ago kind oh, of thing. It's like a G-Wagon. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. That's why you hit those two. And, um, <laughs> Just lazy engineering. No, the G-Wagons are cool. Did anybody say 9-11? Yeah, well, I was thinking 9-11, <laughs> but I didn't want to let up. Yeah, so they were traditionally, uh, well, they're either going to be a, a farmer's machine, forestry, or a status symbol of look what I have, essentially. And then when they went away, people went crazy. Now, the people that are going crazy probably didn't buy one anyway, but sure, it is what it is. But this thing has come back and it is ugly. And you're kind of thinking to yourself, well, this is supposed to be an agricultural vehicle, but they're actually... It's, it's not. It's, it's definitely not. not. No. They've stuck a middle finger up to farmers and went, we're going to go make some money, see you later. Chelsea thanks Tractor. For the, thanks for the support for the last 60 years, guys, but we're... It's baby's first Range Rover. That's uh, what I'm looking yeah, at. Yeah, The 90s and 110s, the 110 being the longer one, are all coming with six seats in them now. They're starting at 45, sorry, 40 grand and 45 for the 110. Dead cheap. Aye. I'll, I'll use that for pottering around the farm. Um, well, what's an Amarack? An Amarack... Fairly well-spacked ones, probably about high 30s. Probably, yeah. But even to, to me, the Amarok is not a it's not a proper commercial. Well, the interior in them isn't great. Well, so is the Touareg, and look at the price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're a bit plasticky. Mm. The Touareg always reminded me of one of those, you know, those child toys that you pretend you have a wee screen, you're driving a car, and everything's like big and chunky. That's what it always reminded me of. They're horrible looking. I, I think Landover have just recognised their market they're pushing towards and just said Going to the Jap, the Jap Jeep producers... Have fun, guys. Yeah, we're going this way. Yeah. To be honest, like your dad. It's a major drove, direction change. Your dad drove Forester or the. He the, yeah, they had defenders in the forestry, and uh, oh, he hated them. Yeah. He fucking <laughs> despised them. Like, and what he said is absolutely right. I've driven them once or twice, and your right arm is like, just in the door. Like you have to open the window to be able to sit comfortably with your arm out the window. The gear stick and the high low shifts and stuff is right where your left leg wants to be. So you kind of have to sit like at an, an angle to the right with your arm like that and an angle the other way with your leg 
You'd have yeah. to be a pretzel to drive one. <laughs> if, if you'd ever thrown yourself off a three-story building and the kind of shape that you imagine you would make at the bottom, that's how you would just set you into Land Rover to drive. Because what a visual picture, it Connor, is, thanks yeah. for that. <laughs> it's the, like, have you ever driven one? We had them growing up on the farm. They're, they're so weird. I loved them. <laughs> I, 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 I'm weird. I, I crashed a van and work years ago. And they said to me, oh, take the land over for a week. I was like, oh, no. And this is we'll get your van back. That was your punishment for crashing the van? Yeah. So then I handed my notice in and the van never reappeared. And I had to drive the land over up and down. Like I was doing like 100 mile each way per day to go on to a wind farm. No heater, no radio. It rattling away. And I was like, I hate it. It was like, I had all the creature comforts of a wheelie bin, essentially, was what a... <laughs> They're basic is the term to describe them. Yeah. But can you yeah. imagine giving 40 to 45 grand for something that's supposed to be basic? Well, I think I watched a few videos of the launch of them, and I think things have changed in them. Yeah, I think they're using the Discovery, Discovery sh- chassis. I think you're right. Yeah, I think so. They'll probably be more than capable. You just oh. would be afraid of damaging this thing. Oh, they'll be more capable, but if they're anything like Discoveries, they'll break down immediately. Oh, aye. and then the commercial version, which will be released later, it's thirty-five grand, but it's plus fat, which pushes up to forty-two. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you'll work something there with the vat, make it disappear. I think it's all relative. Yeah, it's 35 grand or whatever, but how much is a equivalent Nissan, Navarro, or what else would be agricultural? Probably 10 grand cheaper than that, to be fair. Yeah. The basic ones would be. The Japanese stuff, I think, it just works If so I well was going to have a pickup, unless somebody was just going to give me one for free, but if I was, if I had the need for a pickup, it would be Japanese. No questions yeah, asked. I've always said that, yeah. There's a few guys in my work and they're farmers and they they wouldn't go back to Nissan now because you were here with the chassis half. break. Oh yeah. Well, I knew about that. But <laughs> I'm talking like or if I was in America, like a Toyota Tacoma or well, many, any of those, you know, how it, many it'd be we Japanese. Know yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think basically Land Rover turned their back on the farmers and if you want to buy it, it's up to yourself. It's a fashion it's turned into a fashion item. Yeah. Luxury item, whatever you want to call it now. Well they were selling before they discontinued the last model, they were selling fifteen thousand units a year to commercial and five to retail. Now they need to shift to hundred units or sorry, hundred thousand units overall per year. So that's what the big shift will be to make them more appealing to people. You know, they'll that's not some have, production change. I can't yeah. see how they're appealing to anyone because have you seen them? Yeah, we're not your average person though. That's no, a strange true. one. Um, I wonder is there a Chinese element to the design. Of course, yeah. Well, of course yeah. there will be. Like the old BMWs we discussed mm. the last time. They just, Land Rover HQ got M4-itis. That's it. <laughs> One step off a massive grill. I actually was it's reading like, you know well. those really ugly fish you see in the deep ocean? Guppy, guppy fish. Oh, the stuff that you aren't supposed to see in the end of yeah, like the down with a camera and a torch. blobby don't, things and the real on. gross looking things. He lives down there because he doesn't want to be seen. Whereas like up in the, the higher part of the sea... You're the nice fish. You've got sharks and things, and they're all very nice, and then dolphins and things, and they're all lovely. But these new <laughs> cars that they're trying to sell to China all look like the, Bottom the deep sea fish. <laughs> it reminds me, I was watching that uh, McIntyre program on ITV on a Saturday night, and one of the features of the program is he goes into celebrities' bedrooms I'm sure that's in the middle of the night and wakens them up. Right. So that's basically sounds like what a lawsuit waiting to happen. So it goes in, and these people don't have makeup on or whatever. Oh. So it's sort of similar to that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the the best thing about this is, even though they're starting to say forty to forty five grand, you can actually spec them to over a hundred grand. What? what could you? Yeah, that was my reaction when I seen it. I like the double or reaction do you, there. Do you, do you cover them in gold or what? I don't know what they're doing. The, I think seventy grand comes with it. In the It'll gold be box. the HSE edition or something. Aye. That'll be biography. Bi- I bet it's called biography. biography yeah, because it's some stupid name. 
It'll be for the oil barns. They'll stick an LS in it or something. Uh-huh. I wonder how long it'll be for some ELS's one. Lift kit. Yeah. Lift kit, 6x6, Defender. Yeah. <laughs> Diesel bros. If Another recovered. on the new car front then that I've seen while I've been surfing the web, um, which I is just, actually a I nice car. Vision, I just envision you a surfboard there. Yeah. <laughs> But that, nothing surprises me now after the dream you told me about. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll not talk about that. <laughs> Nigel That's a was private in joke, dreams. folks. <laughs> Colin Tweed was in her dream too, let me tell you. And I wasn't annoyed. <laughs> um, no, but one that I have seen which is actually nice is the Ardeon Alltrack wagon. Yeah. Which I just saw yesterday or the day before. I'm not even annoyed. It is nice. I don't even like Ardeons, to be honest, but the, that looks good. I think of very futuristic lines, smooth what really kills me on them is you know the bit where the wing comes down and I'm doing hand movements which nobody can see but the bit where YouTube soon don't worry I lose a lot of weight and a lot more hair um, <laughs> we'll get you both wigs yeah we'll that'll be, be fine. good I want to say to you Bob wig, wig. <laughs> <laughs> hey kids <laughs> So, you know, the wing comes down and then it turns and drops vertically to the edge of the wheel arch uh-huh. to me that section's too tall so there's too much flat there if that makes sense and it's re- it draws my eye at it every time I see it. So the, I think with the old the track, old track has the black trims. Yep, which kind of pushes that out and yeah. it makes it look more rounded, like a normal looking arch. I think that's why I like them more. Problem with black plastic arch trims, as we all know, though, is they don't look as low. Yeah, it makes the wheel arch look bigger. You know, you're looking at the body color yeah. against that. Am I right in saying that the Passat C- CC is its predecessor of the Ardeon? I think so. Yeah, I think that's what. But they the Ardeon's not with. slightly bigger though. They probably are, but I think that's what they took away yeah. the CC and then. I would say they're probably based on the A7 wheelbase, are they? Probably I. That kind of I weird. haven't seen one in real life, obviously, of these all tracks, but in the pictures they look enormous. Yeah. It's a long dander around them. It yeah. is. <laughs> Robin, that's a dear detail. Yeah. Good price. <laughs> Adjust your price in a minute. <laughs> I suppose the big one this week then is Mr. McGuinness, the Lambo killer. Oh. <laughs> I feel so sorry for him, to be honest. Like, Yeah, so they were shooting Top Gear and they had three supercars. Yeah, they had the, the Lambo should look this up. I think it was a Ferrari, a Lambo. Maybe a Jag, was it? It was a Jag. An yeah. XA220 or something? Some, it did look like that, An yeah. XA220? I think. It was something. It Let's look that up. Um, you look that up. You research that. A 220 is a million pound car. I love the 220s. Yeah, me too. Uh, we're getting sidetracked, but do you ever see the 220 on air? The green one on motorsport wheels on air? I think it was a Noble, a Ferrari, and a Lambo. Ah. Good thing we don't research, isn't it? It is indeed. <laughs> but yes... The Lambo killer himself. He claims to have hit oil on the road at less than 30 mile an hour and he put her into the, well, less he, ahead's more the field. He will never live that down. No. He's the new hamster of Top Gear. He is. The worst thing about that is imagine the mistakes you make in work, but nobody, like somebody at work might hear about it and you get a bit of a laugh and that's fine, but the entire world is now laughing at that poor fella. Yeah. But what really gets me is who owns that car? That's not a de- that's not a a press car, you know. It's not a new car, and they've landed it, and he's happened to crash it. Someone owns that. That'd be a difficult. It was an XJ two twenty. Was it an XJ two twenty? I love those. <gasps> oh, the one thing that really bugs me was an F forty as well. It was an F forty as well. Yeah. Ah. Oh my! Like an F forty is a million pound car, and an XJ two twenty. Yeah. So at least he crashed the cheap one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably some shakes and they go, ah, never worry about it, Patty. Tell me another joke. <laughs> um, some memes coming out were very good. What was them? Um, oh. let, let the Lambo see the ditch. That's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not going away anytime soon. Really bugs me in this is like the papers come in. They're like, 
Oh, Paddy McGinnis cheats death. Cheated death. An yeah. hour later, he's on Instagram going, I'm all right. I'm a bit shook up. No likey. (laughs) (laughs) No likey, no crashy. It's like the only thing that cheated death was his underwear, I would say. (laughs) Man brown trousers moment. But like, I don't know, I I hate the media. It just wrecks my head. But yeah, not too often that you're going to see a Lambo in a field doing a bit of plowing. No. It was a sad sight. It was funny (laughs) when you heard it was Polly McGinnis. Yeah. Damage wise, it seemed to be bumper and exhaust looked a bit bent out of shape. And it probably looks about 20 quid apart, really. Aye, yeah, if it was a Golf. <laughs> if it had been the XJ220, you might have been in more trouble. Aye, or the F40. <laughs> but no, definitely, I, I wouldn't like to have been his shoes at the minute or Top Gear's insurance company. No. Another interesting one then we have there is, and I'm going to butcher another foreign name, uh, Dunkervort. Dis- disclaimer, disclaimer. Exactly. <laughs> Connor's pronouncing foreign names. So this name just rolls off the tongue. This is a, a Dunkervort. D8 GTO JD70. Dunkervort. That just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Dunkervort. Sounds like some. I'm dunking a donut. Dunkervort. Into your vort. In my vort. Is that like a fart? A fart. <laughs> <laughs> a so, dunkervort. I mean, a donkey's dunk- fart. A donkey's dun- fart. <laughs> right, so donkey That's fart D8. <laughs> yes, so it's a donkey fart D8 is out. And it looks like. <laughs> Buy one now. It looks like the love child. No, no, everyone. Don't rush all at once. <laughs> you going to advertisingly? <laughs> um, it looks like the love child of a caterham on a kayak, which is... In camo gear? Yeah. It's actually quite cool looking, though. It's, uh, you show me the picture there now, and I have to say it's pretty cool looking. The best thing about it, though, is, and this is our big selling point, that it's able to pull two Gs through corners on the, t- on the, the standard road legal tires. It's now, insane. They're Nankangs, which is impressive yes, for Nankang. Nankangs. All the Nankang haters out there, the ditch finders. <laughs> and disclaimer, they are technically semi-slick, just about road legal tires that they're using, but yeah. That's Nankangs for you. Well, just before we all jump on, let's kick Nankang down. I love Nankang. Player, yeah, so do I. I love Nankang. At Players Classic last year, the Nankang, because they're a sponsor of the players' shows and all the rest of it. Yeah. We got chatting to one of the guys from Nankang. They are now starting to supply tires over the top of Bridgestone and Michelin in some race series in the UK because they've been performing better. I will probably be corrected on this, but I think some of the you know, the race series that do like the GTI Golfs and stuff. That's in, one of them. Yeah, yeah, I read that before that Nankang are the official tire suppliers yeah. for it. And your man was saying, he says, it's down in writing now that we're getting faster time on these tires compared to the other equivalent. But you'll get some idiot in a forum that knows better because he wants to look like he's buying Michelins and betting everybody else slobbering about them. I think our friend Robin would probably still take the other tires just so he wouldn't have neck. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine Robin's Tire skin. Snob. Robin's it's Michelin or nothing. <laughs> His skin's crawling at the minute. Yeah, yeah. The other nice thing about this thing is that its power plant is the 2.5 turbo from the, the five cylinder. From the oh, RS3. Yeah. Now we're talking. And to make it even better, it's got a side exit exhaust. So the noise that thing will be. Just a turbine terrorist, really. Yeah. It's 700 kilos. So. But the it, same weight as me. Yeah, it weighs about <laughs> as much as I do. Most of that is probably the engine, but that thing is going to be absolutely rapid. The what the horsepower are they claiming? I can't remember, and I was trying to avoid that. Um, <laughs> An RS3 is low 300s. So it's going to be over that. The complete. Well, if kick, it's half the weight of an RS3. That'll be insane. Yeah. Do you know what's also insane? The price. Let's go. €163,000. Let me just pick myself up off the floor. Yep. <laughs> and. Uh, and today's money for our good sales over here is £148,000. And to summarise, 
drugs are bad. Drugs are bad. The Dutch love their drugs. They do. Well, the the drugs have probably produced this car because it's so nuts, but they suppose they needed to fund the drug habits. It's, like yang yang. it's good they produced it, but, you know. Now you're paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. Like, But it, it's funny to see, like, there is cars out there like that, like the Radicals and the... Even well lesser than that is like the Ariel Adam, the V eight. You know, they're just an absolute raw animal of a But the person that's gonna be buying that, it's gonna be a very niche, niche market. Yeah. Because you can buy Porsche nine elevens fully prepared from Porsche Motorsport UK for I would say not far off the same money. Yeah. They're only I think they're only making seventy of those. Uh, the collector's car then. Yeah. They'll go into a museum somewhere. Hopefully no, some lunatic set the donkey farts free. <laughs> Hopefully some lunatic buys one. <laughs> um, yeah, but you'll get some mad, mad man out there that's going to buy it, but you are right there, Lee? Lee's just one of the convulsions. Lee's gone. The donkey farts are done. Five minutes. The donkey farts are too much for... Uh, what do you drive, sir? Oh, I drive a donkey fart. <laughs> Could the owner of the donkey fart please come out? <laughs> You're blocking the road. You're kicking up a stink here. <laughs> Very good, Connor. Very good. Lee's gone here. We'll just play some <laughs> little music here while Lee just pisses herself laugh. There's not even alcohol involved in this. This is great. Sure. It was that damn lilt. The lilt. Oh, the lilt. Oh, damn that lilt high. One eternity later. Just like to mention that our podcast is supported once again by Reload.Global. Head over to the website, Reload Global. And check out some of the retro motorsport clothing accessories. And we're pleased to announce that we have a discount for all podcast listeners. If you just enter at checkout, the code PODCAST15 gets you 15% off your order. So this week, the news that Hans Metzger, the famous Porsche engineer, sadly passed away. So I've just a bit of, uh, what would you call it, obituary? Is that the right word? Yeah, just a recap of what he's done his over life. his life. So here we go. We'll talk about the legend himself. Hans Metzger, the man responsible for Porsche's most iconic iconic and successful road and race car engines and cars, passed away at the age of 90. Born on 18th of November 1929 in a small village in the outskirts of Stuttgart, Metzger joined Porsche in 1956 after he graduated from the University of Stuttgart where he studied mechanical engineering. Initially joining the calculation department, sounds rather boring. Yeah, it doesn't sound like the start to a good engineering career, does it? Yeah, he was amongst other things responsible for the valve control for all of Porsche's engines and by 1960 his skill and talents were recognised by Ferdinand Peach. Is that how you pronounce that? Peach. Peach. That's the guy we talked about as well in in the previous episodes with the Mark 1. He then moved Mesker to Porsche's Formula 1 team where he was responsible for engine and chassis design so he he was recognised quite early on in his career. It's funny as well, like he could have been in that accounts department and just kind of overlooked all his life and that what he has produced over the years might never have come to fruition. Goes on to say then, Porsche's first and only F1 victory as a manufacturer came in 1962 where Metzger's Type 753 1.5 litre 8 cylinder engine was installed in the 804 chassis. Metzger's star continued to rise within Stuttgart and Ferry Porsche quickly handed the young engineer responsibility to design a new air-cooled flat six-cylinder for the company's forthcoming 2 Plus 2 rear-engine sports car. Along with the designing of the 901 911S engine, Metzger was also responsible for all of the company's racing engines. So he was a bit of a big deal, rather quickly. Away from the engines, Metzger also designed the 910, 907, 908 and the 917 race cars. 
the two liter four cylinder engine for the 914 and was responsible for the 917 10 and the 917 30 Can Am racers and their turbocharged engines. So the guy. Yeah, he has a finger in a lot of pies there. Yeah. Even if you're not a big Porsche fan, you're going to do the 917. You know, yeah. that stuff, everything named there is completely iconic. Turbocharging was soon to be rolled out across Porsche's other race cars in the 935 and 936 epic cars, as well as the 930 road car. Within a couple of years, Metzger had developed water cooling and four valve heads for these engines too. Engines for Harley-Davidson and IndyCar racers also came under Metzger's remit. In 1981, McLaren chose Porsche to design its new Formula 1 engine. Metzger was responsible for its all-conquering 1.5-litre 80-degree V6 turbocharged motor. It powered McLaren to three Drive Award Championship titles and two F1 construction titles. He was also instrumental in the development of the 956 and 962 Group C cars, considered the greatest of their time and by some the greatest of all time. Until his retirement in 1993, all of Porsche's on-track success could be traced directly back to the engines and cars Hans Metzger either designed or at least was responsible for. After his retirement, Metzger's expertise lived on in the company's products, most notably the 911. Even when the flat six became water-cooled with the introduction of the 996, a handful of models could trace the origins of their flat six motors back to the Metzger design. By now, however, the Metzger 6 was reserved for those special 911s, initially the 964 Turbo, GT2 and GT3, and while the 997 Generation Turbo and the GT2 were the last to utilise Metzger's designed motor, the GT3 cars, GT3 and GT3 RS, continued to be fitted with a Metzger 6 until the introduction of the 991-based models. That's a legacy, yeah, a good that, legacy of engines. That's crazy, like how far that stretched right through with them. Yeah, it's, it's insane. One guy... The engine design's most extreme incarnation was for the 2011 911 GT3 RS 4 litre, where a frankly unbelievable 496 brake horsepower was extracted from a 4 litre, naturally aspirated flat 6 engine yeah, that started life back in 93 with a GT1 race program. Over 100 horsepower per litre. Yeah. About 125 roughly in that. About that. Following his retirement, Hans Mesker was still present at a number of Porsche events, always in hand to talk to the present customers. While the topic invariably turned to him and his achievements, he was always interested in your opinion of Porsche's latest offering. His interest went beyond a corporate role. He wanted to hear what had been done correctly and where improvements had, could be made. He felt his retirement was a formality, for he never really left Porsche family. It wasn't unusual to spot the newest recruits grilling Grandmaster for his feedback on his latest work, listening with an intensity to the man who had been responsible for the creation of the company's greatest engine in race cars. The very best companies are built on the innovation and expertise of the people it employs. In 1956, Porsche made one of its most significant appointments in Hans Zimmer. So RIP to Hans Zimmer, 1929 to 2020. Hans Metzger. Hans Zimmer is a composer. Hey, Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Flip sake, ruin it. I think it was the Drive Tribe put a statement to sum him up. One man, one company, many, many great engines. Yeah, that's what really pushes a company forward for me is when you get people who go beyond a job role and it becomes their life you know you imagine like everything that he did revolved around porsche everything he thought yeah. about was all porsche like he doesn't strike me as someone who's going to jump ship and move over to bmw at some point you know everything was just porsche focused just a an engineer who had a passion and his passion was porsche passion was designing the engines and the best of the best and Believe never left him never left him after retirement so sorry to hear of his passing yeah a complete icon in the engineering world for porsche and i cars. hope there's many more like him coming We'll dip into a wee bit of YouTube then. As you know, I like to watch a bit of Chris Harris. And he's... Absolute fanboy. Yep, just, yeah. 
brilliant content as usual. Top Gear dropped their latest this week in their series of sort of lockdown content releases. And they released this week Harris Drifts. And it's just automotive cinematography porn. Pornography, yeah. yeah. He drifts a long list of cars. It's 10-minute video, so you've got 10 minutes to watch it. It's a great soundtrack, and it's just drifting the best of the best cars, F12 Ferraris, AMG, McLarens, Aston Martins, a load of M cars, Porsches. It's just fantastic 10 minutes. The soundtrack of that alone sounds like it would be good. Yeah. yeah. Divine. Divine. So we'll just do a quick roundup here of motorsport and what's happening at the minute. Yeah, things are starting to kick off again. Before we move into the actual world of motorsport, this week there was a bit of news about Michael Schumacher. He had his crash in 2013 following a ski accident where he banged his head on a rock and there's been a coma. He's out of a coma. It's been very secretive. He's, he's living in his home in Switzerland and there's not been a lot of information forthcoming about this. Yeah, the family have been very closed doors about it. And apparently there's a big operation he's going to have in the next few weeks. That's as, lo- as much as I know, but it'd be good to see Michael... You were saying this about they're doing like stem cell stuff. Stem is cell, it? apparently. Yeah, yeah. That's, I know that's very it's a strange topic for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people don't like it, but I think if somebody's going to try it, it's someone like him with a lot of money behind the backing to try and it's maybe like a last ditch attempt at it. You know, to see yeah. if they can do much for him. Yeah, sad to see somebody as well that like, I'm not a big Formula One guy, and I wouldn't have been a big Michael Schumacher fan because of that. But like. It's sad to see someone who was at the top of their game. I saw that was regularly doing 200 miles an hour. Taking face down. of danger. Brought low by a Skin stupid accent. rock on a yeah. ski field. Yeah. Like it's Damn you, rock. Yeah. It's, it is sad. Like So hopefully that goes well. Yeah, hopefully. So we'll just talk briefly here about some of the stuff that's happened in the motorsport world. Locally, we have track days. We're starting up again last uh, 14th of June there. Track skills had their first post-COVID or mid-COVID, whatever you want to call it. Um, track day it was a very low-key event it was driver plus one passenger no spectators it was low volume cars too i was told okay it wasn't there was to be no nosy night no, no nosy cars no noisy cars so it's good to see them guys getting back on track again is such. that like an open day you book in or is it was it a race series or such or no no just the arrive at drive oh, track days i was talking to the guy that goes to them regularly. Now, the price is up. Right. Last year, I'd done the track day. It was 110. Mm-hmm. It's 160 now. wonder is that because there's maybe less going to them, or they're just trying to recoup losses from when they were yeah, closed? Yeah, well, the guy that runs them, it's part of his business network as such. He has up two other businesses, so I don't know. Maybe track cars went up. Yeah, Who knows? insurance maybe for this. Or Here, if you want to do it, there it's it is. there. Yeah, I, you can go uh, into it. I'll hopefully get my Mark V finished someday and get down to it, hopefully. Mark two. Mark two. Yeah, they say the, Mark II. No, you, you said, said Mark, Mark five, five. but you should take the Mark II. <laughs> oh, no, right. Okay. Finish the Mark II. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's go on to the major motorsports, as in F1, WRC, and NASCAR. F1, they announced that their schedule's getting back on track. It's going to be a bit of a recap schedule now for the rest of the year, and sort of there's going to be a few double events. The first event is planned to be in July, July 3rd to 5th weekend in Austria. They're going to, I think, do a few double event, double header events at Silverstone, and I think there's talk of Dubai doing a double header because to try and get the rounds in as such. Mm-hmm. Um, Spanish, Belgium, and Italian Grand Prix have been confirmed. It's all behind closed doors at the minute, though, isn't it? At the minute, yes. That's bound to be really strange. I think was it the UFC that were doing it without audiences there? 
And if you've watched any of the videos, you can hear every breath, every, you know, you hear the trainers talking to them. It's like you're busy, but you're practicing or sparring or whatever the equivalent yeah. is for UFC. But there's some hardcore UFC guys, fans, that have been liking it because they've heard what the corners are oh, saying. Yeah, yeah, apparently the actual the fighters can hear what the yeah. other guys say and stuff too. So that's pretty good. But imagine you stand on the side of the F1 track and everything's happening. All, like I know many cars is out in the grid. They're bombing around, but there's no background noise of the crowd because there's always that kind of like Buzz. hiss or yeah, like background just sound. But nothing, it'd be strange. Yeah, there's a few sports that'll be strange, all right. Uh, moving on to WRC, they've been monitoring the situation. They've already cancelled Argentina, Italy, Portugal, Kenya. So they're chatting about bringing Finland forward to June. Turkey in September, Germany October, then Rally GB in Japan in November is the proposed schedule for them at the minute. Mm, Rally GB, always wet. I don't know, I don't know if... Spectator will not be a big issue for them, really. Probably not. It's not really something you're packing people. Like no. People go and stand in people's fields. Or, indoors, really. yeah. yeah, you know you know yourself, even when you go to a rally, you go and stand on the side of the road. They'll probably do closed service areas and stuff like that. Yeah, I were stuff where you could kind of mingle in with other drivers and you know, and that'll probably be more for like their own mechanics, right? Keep you away or you know, bigger spaces. Yeah. I suppose it just depends what stages can allow you to do that as well. Yeah, but it's, it's good to see them getting back on track, a bit of normality. So moving on to NASCAR then, they restarted their race calendar again after cancelling a few events. And June 21st, they will be holding their first event with fans. Oh, with fans. Uh. So the events that happened before, there were no fans allowed in. And guess where it is? It's Alabama Talladega Circuit. They're going to allow fans in. Shake and bake. Shake and bake, baby. <laughs> now it's a circuit that normally only, normally only holds... 55,000 and they're going to restrict it to 5,000. Yeah, so it's going to be well spread and out then. then. There's going to be the usual COVID regulations and protocol. Yeah, that's so. that's interesting. I wonder what tickets would be hard got for it, I imagine, as well. People wanting to go crazy. to it. Yeah. Crazy. My knowledge of NASCAR ends at the credits for Talladega Nights. So anything I'm going to say is coming from that. What do I do with my hands? I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the invisible fire. Um, Ronan's a big NASCAR guy and Richie Brown as well. Richie, he's he's the same. Um, so I'm sure them guys will be glad to see that back too. Good to see it back. Don't you put that evil on me. <laughs> <laughs> so this week's episode was sort of have a topic, Connor. That'd be right. Maybe. <laughs> We're just going to talk about, as we ease out of lockdown, just getting out in your cars, enjoying them, driving. Where if, earlier on the week, we asked a few questions about return listeners about favourite roads, road trips. Yeah, on the Instagram, we'd put up for people talking about it. We had quite a few responses from it, actually. Bert, who was on our lockdown logs, he messaged in saying he loved driving through the mountains in New Zealand. Shame it was in a camper van. That's one of those Panoramic things. Panoramic view is the bonus there. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. there's a lot of glass. A big driving a greenhouse. <laughs> It's one of those things, though, if you're in a nice car, something that handled well, yes, it would be fun. But at the same time, the camper forces you to slow down, have a look at what is actually around you. Take it in. Yeah. On a more uh, hooligan-esque angle we're looking at here, um, Lurch underscore 224. He says, Cumber Bypass, third gear limiter in my 16-valve Saxo. Yeah. Doesn't sound very relaxing, but it does sound fun. <laughs> Lurch is definitely a hooligan. Big uh, motorbike man back in the day and moved into cars he likes to drive on. He's currently got a Mark 5 R32 that he brings out every second month out of the garage. Can you hear it? I, I get the Instagram stories of him driving it, going rare occasion, you know, that sort of thing. Yep. But, nice. uh, yeah, Chris drives hard. 
Eurocrew PR and Puerto Rican friends. Gabe says, Helen, well, give a bit of context this one. I'd actually posted up the time Lee and I were in Helen, Georgia, for Alpine Vagford, driving Raf's cab with him. And he said, Helen is good, but driving down the west coast of Puerto Rico is amazing. The scenery is far. I've seen pictures of Puerto Rico, but I've never been to it. It looks amazing. Yeah, it looks nice. Yeah. Is it better than Cumber? Yes. <laughs> it's better than anywhere in Ireland, to be fair. They've Just actually... you go easy, Connor, now. <laughs> <laughs> they actually have a really crazy Volkswagen scene over there, which is not somewhere you'd imagine. You don't think of Volkswagens and you think Puerto Rico. But I suppose it's probably close to Mexico, air cold, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, isn't it kind of off the coast of Florida? Like, yeah. Well, I say off the coast of Florida, it's a long way away, but it's not kind of plain. But yeah, they have a lot of air cooled and big water cool following as well. S14 OCP, he says the Glen Chain Pass. Only drove it twice in a car, but it's still a good seat from the lorry. That's lovely up there. Yeah. Um, Such a pull in a car. If you have something that's underpowered, it's difficult getting up it. Once you're up. Yes, I've gone up it in the Nova. It was it was struggling, to say the least. <laughs> Four days later. It's a climb up into it. It's probably about a good two or three mile climb up the hill. Yeah, and it's not even an exciting climb. It's not twisty. No, it's, it's just straight. Big, but then once you get up into the it's plateau, it's nice sweeping. I was saying earlier on, it's like the Isle of Man up in the mountains, the roads up there. Yeah. When you see the TT races, sort of like that a bit up in the mountains. It kind of runs like a valley, but you're not down in it. You're about halfway up, so you still have... You ground above you, and then the drop below you, and then you can watch across onto the like as the road twists and turns. You can look across onto the other road where you're going to be heading. But it's lovely. Not a very long stretch of road, but it is nice. I used to work up there, and it was the only highlight of working up there was getting <laughs> to drive that stretch now and again. I don't think I've been up the Glenshaw Pass too many times in my life. To be honest, oh, I was up for about three or four times a week for oh. months on end. Held the Galvin <laughs> Hospital testing concrete. It was fun. <laughs> Um, yes, that's concrete. Can I go home now? Yeah. <laughs> Looks like concrete. Is it hard? Yeah, oh, we're good. Ronan, he says, Healy Pass in my old Mark 1 raw car, raw road. I've never been on it, but I'll take his word for it. Sounds good. And David Jack Hill, he says, in Oma, there's a stretch called the Gortnagarn Road. Fantastic service, hairpins, bridges, etc. Long story short, every time I get on it, I think I'm Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, I can think of a few roads, local dust like that as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's hard to be a good sweeping bay road when you've yeah, got a power. People talk about, like, you know, fun roads and things like that, and you're always thinking, oh, drive for miles. And Sometimes for me, even a wee stretch of road that's a mile or so long, yeah. round by us, I, I've nicknamed it the Gran Turismo Road, and it's just a big stretch of, like, an air road, and it drops away off, and there's, like, trees overhanging, and you can't see on the distance. You Kind of like a, a natural tunnel as such. And it reminds me of Gran Turismo 3, one of the tracks where you were along and all the trees was down close over you and I just love bombing along it. Yeah. There's no skill involved in it. It's just an enjoyable experience. Luckily for me, there's a road that runs from Cumber to Carryduff, Hillsborough Road. Yeah. Um, well, you can actually go all the way up to near Hillsborough. That's just, the road we come out there, isn't it? See, late at night, no cars. It's the ticket. Sweeping, gradient drops, curves. If you know quarters. it, yeah, it's fun. If you don't get a puncture on it, it's also fun. Oh, well, I want to talk about punctures. <laughs> but if you're ever down this way and the traffic's late, the Cumber to Lisburn Hillsborough Road is very rewarding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you would describe it. We don't condone uh, speeding. speeding or anything like that, obviously. I actually drove the Sirocco on Monday for the first time in over 12 weeks. Did you go in the passenger seat first? <laughs> Can no. open the boot and sit on it. No, <laughs> go car. This go is not right. <laughs> um, yeah, because I'm back to work. I thought before I have to actually properly go somewhere like Cork, 
that I better go for a little practice drive. So I went to Tesco. <laughs> it was very scary, actually. I felt really weird. I had to keep reminding myself to concentrate. Yeah. Lee's fun drive then is to Tesco. <laughs> it was white knuckle, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> Studio 10 detail. And he says, our spur to drive going over for my old BBS GTs and the Passat was a fun one. Same as for you, Nigel. Yeah, Robin was building his Mark IV R32, the epic Mark IV R32 he built, and he needed wheels for it. Robin doesn't do things by half measures and sourced a set of GT 006s, I think they were. I'm out on that. 19s. And there's a fella in Bradford selling them. So we booked a day return on the ferry, went by Belfast to Ryan. We had to pick up parts for a friend in Manchester first. Traffic around Manchester around lunchtime and the ring road was just insane. We got held up there. Then we arrived. We had planned this day to be just a Drive nice sweet day out. Get somewhere nice to eat, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But because the Manchester part of the journey had screwed us over, we went to see the wheels. By this stage, it was late afternoon. We still had to get a half seven boat. Or was it the 10 o'clock boat? I can't remember. So by Bradford, then we cut across basically Yorkshire Dales in his mapped 130 Passat. and No Lamborghinis in the field, no? No Lamborghinis in the field. There was nearly a Passat in the field. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was beautiful countryside. Great countryside roads. You'd see the likes of Top Gear filming on, crashing cars. And yeah, it was, good. it was a good time. Or I planned to stop for a romantic meal somewhere, but... Didn't happen that time. <laughs> didn't, it didn't happen, but yeah, it was very enjoyable. That even goes to show as well that like a 130 Passat is not a car you'd imagine taking on a spur to drive, but a lot of the time the car doesn't matter either. You can just take it Well, there's it Michelin tires on, so... It oh, of course, it was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was <laughs> next thing from an F1 car, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's what we're getting at. It sometimes doesn't matter in the car or whatever. Road trips, and we're, we're trying to push for the road trip to sort of driving roads and all the rest of it it's about getting out with your friends having yeah. fun same know. with car shows you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the personal side of it yeah buster conrad he says oh god so many most recently kids and i broke into national park Sounds can like i something. just say something is buster smoky and the bandit in disguise i think so he has so many like driving dad. stories <laughs> fantastic um had a high speed chase, did a jump with an Impreza, waited for a herd of buffalo crossing the road, which is not something you'll hear coming out of Ireland. Um, all, not all in the same day, will that? So was that <laughs> I think the most exciting thing we'd see crossing roads, a dog or some ducks. Yeah. yeah. Ducks would be good. I'd like I to see that there. I've seen a deer crossing the road one time, wild deer. They're not good to hit. I've seen say, deer on the road, yeah. I say crossing road, it basically jumped across it. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I had to go and try and corral a cow off our road one day did, did you say yeehaw when you corralled it did you yep. suki 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 it's <laughs> <laughs> a tea company <laughs> to get the blue pipe that's uh, going right, off topic right. when <laughs> we were farming we didn't say suki suki we went yo yo yeah or yip ya or yeah yip ya yippee you see yippee motherfucker Bruce Bruce away and get that cow yippee Lucy says suki suki I was like that's a drink and she's like, that's how you move cows. It's like, no, it's not. That's what the milkman brings you. But it's been a long-standing joke in our group. Suki, suki, suki. suki, suki. Um, Don't uh, hear all the information today on how to herd animals. Exactly. <laughs> it's fantastic. I think it depends. Talking to different guys and working farming backgrounds and stuff, I think it depends what part of the country you're in. Oh, absolutely. For what, what's it's regional. Say. Just yep. as a it's regional accent, it's regional cow calling or animal calling. Yep. You go to Balamina, they'll not understand you, they'll not move you, but get Rob in there, he'll sort you out. Suck, 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 suck. That's the, uh, yeah. Suki, suki. 
Oh, we, we were just shake, 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 shake the meal bucket at them. Shake, shake, shake me over. <laughs> oh dear. We talk some crap. We I do. like to move it. <laughs> I can just see you trying to call cattle. <laughs> do you know King Julian? Kai's just sitting there chewing cud going, what the hell this is, is that all about? <laughs> has she any meal? Uh, this one made me laugh. It was from Neil Carl. And he says, first time going to the Nürburgring, we drove to Nuremberg. Because the lead driver was dyslexic. Five hours later, we met at the hotel. <laughs> Slight miscalculation. You might want to not let that guy bring you the next time. <laughs> Going for... Is, a, that, is that a different type of trails? That's a two or three hundred mile mistake, like, isn't it? It could well be, yeah. It's not... Uh, you know, definitely cut down your time. Well, you'd see a bit of the country, it'd be okay. This one I thought was great. It's from S underscore Doug. And he says, Brought my missus to New York for an anniversary. RFs in my suitcase to swap for RSs. My man. I was like, oh yes. That <laughs> man's doing it right. Let's go for, I'm holding up a uh, road trip. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go on a plane to New York and I have a set of wheels in my suitcase. Have your suitcase packed? Yes, I've got a t-shirt and, R- and my RFs. I'm wearing it. <laughs> go on wearing one of the RFs as a medallion. <laughs> Ronan, he says uh, he... Maybe these aren't great stories to tell, he says. Maybe not the fun side of it, but he says... Oh, welcome here. So far, he can't work out why every time he takes the golf on a trip to the UK or the North, something breaks. It says, players, Mark 1 fan switch broke. Players again, Mark 2, the first year, the rear wheel burn went. Second year, the clutch went in the dyno. That's a bit of a push, considering he was getting it remapped as well and pushing the shit out of it, but fair play. Dragged in and a skill in the North, his clutch went. I responded to him and says, you're definitely sore on them. He says, the Mark 1 took way more abuse than the Mark 2 ever did and never complained. Mark 1 may be a better car. I'm going to put out a theory here. He's a full signed up Republican. He likes to play <laughs> black and tan players. He does. I think his car has embraced his... He wants to be back in the South. Republican. And any time it crosses into the British Isles, the car just goes, nope. nah. Nope, nope, don't want this. So there you go. That's that, solved. That's that solved run. He hasn't learned. He keeps coming up to see us. Yep. <laughs> and then the last one's Audi underscore exclusive, Adam. He says, not so much a road trip, but many years ago I did an even trade for a car with someone else. Not someone I knew. Only exchanged a few emails and phone calls. My brother came with me. We met in the New Jersey Turnpike, which is with the halfway mark. Traded cars titles keys he used my plate i used his and then the fedex to plate each other when they got home so illegalities which i like <laughs> nice Something's nice in, work if it's in the gray or maybe not in the gray and it's totally illegal i'm on board with we it. like the gray that's it personally i have a few sort of favorite trips or roads i've talked about the hillsborough road that i find quite good to go out in a spirited drive but road trips years gone by uh, i think it was the early 2000s we used to go to the old Volkswagen shows down in Cork and Limerick. This is pre-motorway days. Mm-hmm. So what now takes three or four hours straight down the motorway, we barely see any of the countryside. All you see is motorways. Yeah. It used to take, the Cork show was a seven-hour drive. Yeah. And it was basically through every town, big and small. Yeah. But that added, it was horrific in that it took ages, but it was really cool driving through well, you got to see the countryside as such. Yeah, and see places that you wouldn't normally get to see. And like we were in convoys and maybe six or seven modified Volkswagens. Mm-hmm. Looks you got, you pulled in the filling station, people would come over and chat to you. Yeah. So that's what road trips were, were about for me. And the flip side of that, 
I used to attend a lot of rallies with friends, and one of my favourites was the Galway Rally. There's one particular year, 1998, we went to it, and there's probably, from a local town here, Cumber, we drove down, there's probably seven or eight cars of us, and we drove down there on the Friday afternoon, and it was just insane, the buzz around Galway, and then driving up into the sort of West Galway Mountains to follow the rally. There's a few international cars there mm-hmm. for the Irish Tarmac Championship. Then at night, the town just went full Tokyo drift. <laughs> There's an area to the west of Galway City called Salt Hill. There's a yeah. massive car park, which is now tarma- or built over. Um, I don't know if there's anything to do with this rally, but it actually made RT news. There was twin cams, Evos, Skylines, all doing circles. Yeah, Thousands of people in the banks surrounding the car park. Riot Squad was called in at midnight. There was people jailed for lengthy periods of time and stuff. Yeah, the courts don't tend to mess about down there. Yeah, it was a it was a weekend of just chaos. The rallying was good too. (laughs) So I forgot we're talking about rallying. (laughs) That's one sticks in my mind. Another rally was Donegal Rally, and it's just it's turned into a reckon session. A reckon session now, but back in the late nineties, me and my friends used to go to it, and if you went up. There's always favourite roads I had north of Donegal Town or Letterkenny where the rally was usually based up towards Buncrana, that's sort of the north end yeah. of Donegal. Some of the roads there just uh, fantastic worked, to drive in. I worked up in around them as well in the mountains where the wind farms are. Yeah. And the, the scenery and that there is amazing, so it is. Yeah. There's some great roads in Ireland. I mean, as you were saying, now you just go on the motorway and normally when I'm working a lot down there, that's what I'm doing as well. I'm, I'm going on the fastest you're, you're way to get the there. So I'm on the motorway or the, the A roads or whatever. But there are some great roads. We have a branch out in West Cork. So you basically go motorway the whole way to Cork. But once you get out of Cork City, you're in the wilds. But it's a great drive. I take the, there's like the north route or the south route. Mm-hmm. And the north route's a nightmare because you're on fun little roads if you were in a car that could handle it or you weren't caring too much about. Yeah. But they're bumpy and holy and potholy and narrow and grass up the middle of them, some of them. And you have 19s, it's not fun. No, but when you take the south route, you go right along the coast and you go through a few wee towns there. You go through like Bandon, Clonakilty and stuff, but it's beautiful because you've just got the ocean basically on your left and you're following the coast round. It's a really nice drive. That wild Atlantic way as well in the west coast of Ireland supposed to be amazing. I would love to oh, on that road as well, out to, by Cork, is where the Model T statue is. Oh, that's right. On yeah. that road. No, there's some nice places around the country yeah, you wouldn't even know about. There's a few motor, motor and Facebook pages and websites just with lockdown. It's been a big push now. Oh, are you going to go out driving on the road now? And the suggested routes and stuff like that there. Another favourite of mine is probably the coast road from Newtonards down to Port of Ferry. That's nice. Uh, it's just along the peninsula there. And that leads nicely into... A news what announcement. You, what you're about to tell us? Insert the trumpets here, Connor. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Is that a donkey fart? Yes. It's a donkey fart. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> so, we sort of hinted at it during the week in our Instagram stories that... Um, something was afoot. Something's afoot. We're going to have an event and we're proud to announce it in conjunction with... Studio 10 Detailing, we're going to have a driving event, Yeah, uh, so road run. This is Relo Global and Studio 10 putting yep. this on. 
going to be a charity event in need of Aware AI mental um, mental health charity that we've decided on. Just with the current lockdown, there's a few people that are struggling. Yeah, definitely. So Aware AI offers counselling to people that are struggling with a depression. So we're going to try and raise a few pounds for that. There'll be stuff to be confirmed as we get everything sorted out. But we're 100%, well, 99% it's going to take place on Saturday the 8th of August. It's going to be basically a tour of, uh, not a tour, but a run down, county down into the Mourns. We're going to start in Newton Ards, um, get the ferry across, just follow the coast in around Ard Glass, and down into the mountains, and or up into the mountains, go around Spelga, stuff like that there. I love that up there. And hopefully find a nice wee spot to get some date. Social distancing will apply. The usual protocol yeah, because it's a bit, it's a month or two away yet, yeah. anyway. At least we'll know closer to the time what exact regulations we'll have to yeah. work through. But we can't really confirm some things just the way things are operating. But yeah, uh, it's always changing. Yeah, we're gonna ask you to donate a small amount straight to the charity, and we're hoping to have a few raffle prizes as well. So I think we're gonna limit the numbers as well. We'll probably put out a thing if you want to enter, register. Yeah. Yeah. PM us or something. We'll kind of want to keep it low key because of what's going on at the minute with COVID. Plus, we want to keep people that don't get on like arseholes too. Yeah. My biggest fear with this, when you told us about it, was that it's the first thing that's going to happen in Northern Ireland car scene wise in a long time. And everyone's going to jump on it. Like, oh, come to this, come to this. Yeah. So if we have it for listeners that drop us a message, once we get all the details out, we'll announce it. Drop us a message and we'll put these on a list and we'll. Well, go we'll probably from there. not advertise this too much, so the details are probably just kept to. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. You know, I think that's probably the way we're going to work it. That's a better um, way then. Yeah. So if we like you, we'll be in touch. <laughs> <laughs> Ask us if I, you can come. <laughs> I, I'm the main one, as you can tell. Yeah. Um. So yeah, keep keep your ears open and your eyes open, and we'll feed information on the Studio Ten ourselves and reload social medias and we'll probably have an event page it seems to be a better way to run things yeah anyway. keep it private so uh yeah buzzing for that it's gonna be called driven that's the title of it i think it was very apt cars caffeine and crack is what we're aiming for yeah yeah Should sounds good. good so we didn't specifically ask for any particular questions in general the way we do it was more to do with the road trips but two have slipped through the net and they both seem to be food and drink related Right well, we, you know we are a food and drink podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, behind the scenes <laughs> Might as we well definitely be. are, yeah. <laughs> I see Colin Gaz is going to start doing cooking demonstrations. Yeah, he's supposed to be a very good cook. So Patreon. Yeah, that'll be interesting. And um, Tom O'Mahony, the other comedian, he's already started it on his Patreon. Do you ever get the feeling comedians are nuts? They're well, definitely screw loose. Every couple of months, one falls. Some scandal. <laughs> yeah. <it's> <laughs> <true>. <laughs> um, so the first one again is from Lurch, your local lunatic, Nigel. Big up, Lurch. And he 5G says, installer. Oh, he's not popular. <laughs> uh, axis of evil there. Um, he's never been busier to keep burning them down. <laughs> he's probably burned them down to keep himself <laughs> in a job. Um, he says, would Nigel rather go without Peroni or White Monster Energy? And just a bit of background, everyone doesn't know Nigel. He runs on these two things. It's one or the other. It's like picking your favourite child, but of dramatic news... I've sort of went away from Peroni. What? Mm. There's been years of love there. I remember a friend, Johnny Kelly, used to say, Peroni smells of fart and weed. It kind of does. Donkey um, farts. Donkey farts. <laughs> Holland Guess weed. what the title of the podcast called? <laughs> donkey farts. <laughs> so, uh, I'm more of a Haverly man. Haverly is good. Good local beer. Yeah. 
Is um, it Liverpool or Scottish? I don't drink beer. So yes, yeah, I have Belgium? no idea. What's is your mouth head? Belgium. The Belgium. It's not made by tenants. I thought tenants made it. Heverly? Yeah. yeah. No, it's Belgium. Hmm. Well, it's maybe brewed by tenants. Mm. Maybe. That's why it stinks. Yeah. <laughs> tenants is rotten. So I'm ready. Like I'm ready too. Oh, yes. So you're going with the Monster Energy? Yeah, I think it. I think Monster day. Energy keeps you alive. Yeah, I think uh, I'll just fall over someday, but sure. <laughs> the, At least I'll be buzzing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like Lee with a Red Bull. And finally, then we have Emmett O'Well93. And he says, McDonald's or KFC? That's easy for me. KFC. KFC chips suck. No. They do. They're horrible. I had my first McDonald's there two weeks ago since lockdown. And I haven't missed it. If you get the right KFC, it's hard to beat. And see their gravy. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Bank. Uh, bonus. If you get a good KFC, it's great. Yeah. But now that they've changed their chips, their chips always suck. Yeah. So I would go for Boneless Banquet. KFC. That's mine. But it'd be Mega Bucks with McDonald's chips. I I used to eat a lot of takeaway before lockdown. You've put as much thought into this as cars here. I can hear it in your voice, Connor. Yeah, and it's weird. <laughs> I think t- today was a bit of an eye opener because during the lockdown I haven't craved takeaway. Chinese, KFC, McDonald's, I have not cared. They've been cooking away. I actually I sent you last night the pictures of the like KFC style chicken yeah. that I made myself. Unbelievable, loved it. Happened to be coming to record today. Conveniently, McDonald's was open. Looked at it and went, oh, we'll go there instead. It'll be easier than making something. And I was just like eating it going, it's bland. This is not nice. It's all right. It's okay, but I'm not excited about it. And that's the first time in like three months. And I kind of feel like lockdown has, I don't know, like reset me or something to the point where I'm like, I now know what proper food is supposed to taste like yeah, again. I think, I think people have adjusted their diets and been learning how to cook and realized... How to get flavour out of food and not... I don't know, the queue at McDonald's today was enormous. Well, true. <laughs> now, will I lose Can't four I? stone? I don't know, but I should. It'd be good. If I could learn to eat vegetables, that would be good. It was Laura's birthday last week and she wanted uh, two taps, tapas. Okay. And I went and collected it from the... It's just opposite the Merchant Hotel there. Brought it home and their paella was unreal. Is that a business that was takeaway before no this is a restaurant that is now doing takeaway, takeaway. that's brilliant that's they'll, so they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll be open 3rd of july or whatever date they'll be open again do you think they, they would, have a lovely they have the outdoor bit don't yeah, they they'll, yeah. be, they'll be fine do you think they would continue to do the takeaway side of it chatting to the fella when i was collecting it was we had lamb food just you know general to chat yeah. and he's i sort of you know as you do house things he says oh not too bad it's paying the bills but it's not great yeah so I don't think it was making them any clean fortune. Ah, true. Be interesting because like, there's bound to be a lot of people that can't be bothered going out but would love something to eat, like fanciest food like that, or want to have a nice meal at home and you go out and left it. Well, I've noticed following a few local sort of influencers, influencers there's a lot of high-end restaurants that are doing like these packages and you sort of finish, cook, not finish cooking it, but there's, there's like a lot of sauces pre-made. Recipes and yeah. instructions and stuff. And a lot of the feedback is basically... This, this is a good job. Damn good. Now I don't know what the prices are like. I'm sure they're scandalous, but yeah, you know, if you want the nice food, you'll pay for it. Yeah, true. I said a thing I think to you and Stefan a couple of weeks ago that if I'd known the last time we went out to a restaurant would be the last time I would have ordered dessert. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you did. <laughs> yeah. So on a philosophical outlook, think of what you're doing. Are you enjoying it? If you're not, do something different. It might be the last time you get to do it. Exactly. That's deep, bro. That is. Lee missed On dessert. that bombshell. Are you Yoda? 
I'm short. No, he said that it sentence in the it, correct order. It good food you will. <laughs> oh dear. Well that do us for this week then? Uh, let's wrap it up. I'm sure Excellent. people are bored of us talking about food or getting hungry listening to us. <laughs> Yeah, so that'll do us for this week, folks. If you want to catch up with us, find us at the usual spots, Reload Podcast on both Instagram and Facebook. Myself, I'm at Connor McCann. I'm at VDubboy. And I'm at Maxwell House 46. Excellent. Thanks very much, folks. See you later. Bye. Bye.